Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joy Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. Great show coming up in about 30 seconds. But we got to talk about our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Look, they remain the number one source for all your basketball playoff info, your MLB futures, and more. They got the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for all this year's NBA and MLB action, even the NHL playoffs. So what are you waiting for? It's the fastest and easy way, easiest way to get all your betting info. And you can join up right now and sign up today on your mobile device to get in on the action, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is only the one you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that reward. Believe and bet online together where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for checking us out. Wherever you get your podcasts here on Sirius XM, maybe you're watching us on Stadium right now with the Believe Sports Network, and now we are officially featured on Sports Talk Chicago. So hello to that audience today. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Let's talk to our co-host real quick. Let's bring him in. He's Fox 32's very own, CHGO's very own, West End Golf Club very own, Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's going on, my man? Hey, a couple more weeks till till the opening, so just just looking looking towards the finish line, man. Anything with construction, it always takes more time and more money than you thought. But we're 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 close, man. We're close. I don't know if you're talking about the NFL draft or if you're talking about West End right now. Oh, that sounds both. exactly the same, right? Both, yeah, we're, we're with bated breath right now. We're ready to take an exhale. And what better to get some inside perspective from 670, the scores, Bears beat reporter. You can follow him at Mark Grody Sports. Who else? It's Mark Grody. What's up, Mark? We are officially nine days away from the NFL draft as we sit here. Because I, I put together these these draft reports that air on the score every day. So I have to actually keep count of the days. Today was nine, and I just put in the report for eight. So if you guys ever need to know exactly how many days away we are from the draft, call me. Just call me. <laughs> they got an app that you can download. Yeah, it's like one of those uh, advent calendars, right? I don't know. Remember growing yeah. up, you could pull out the chocolate or maybe move the bear to a different area, and the bear will uh. slowly be in the draft room in about eight or nine days. We're so excited the NFL draft is right around the corner, Mark. Um, so I, I wanted to start off the topic of conversation with something kind of fundamental and simple. So with the Chicago Bears right now on its current roster, as it is constituted right now, which unit has more talent on the roster right now, the offensive line or the defensive line? Hmm, that's such a great question. I would probably say offensive line. I mean, I really think that the defensive line, there's just nobody home over there right now. I mean, you, you too, like just look at guys who get to the quarterback or guys who don't get to the quarterback. I love Dominique Robinson as a prospect. I think he might be good down the road, but it's, except for the first game last year, he was not there, nor was Travis Gibson. And you signed two, you know, Shaquem Green and Demarcus Walker, who, you know, m might might I stress might get to double digit sacks so I, I just look at that area and nobody's getting to the quarterback as far as the defensive line you know when you, we talk about Walker it kind of reminds me a lot of, of Travis Gibson you know because last year they had high expectations for him so I don't expect the most from him because when, when you have these expectations of guys that had one flash year really you're kind of expecting a lot of them he had seven sacks last year he can move inside. I feel like his strength is probably going to be a base end that kicks in to the three technique situation and pass rush situation. So, yeah, we basically need, you know, another three to four positions on the defensive line uh, without a doubt, right? The offensive line, they've kind of beefed it up. 
And I wouldn't be surprised with the ninth overall pick if they go for an offensive lineman. Really solidify those tackles, get two younger guys and Braxton Jones and whoever they pick, whether it's Karonsky or, or Paris Johnson. I, I really would not be surprised if they went offensive line because I think this year they really have to know what they have from Justin Fields, right? You went out and got DJ Moore. You got you got another running back. You know, you have Khalil Herbert. You really beefed up everything on the offensive side now. They want to see everything they have from Justin Fields because – you know, I think he has everything it takes to to be a real talent in this league. But I think the Bears, with their position next year and Caleb Williams coming out, I think they have to know everything that they have from Justin Fields this year. Yeah, I want to throw this both at you because uh, I'd love to get your perspective, Mark, if you want to go first on this one, because I just don't hear the Bears connected to Paris Johnson. Um, you know, do you, am I here mishearing? Am I not reading the right things? Or is he not an option for them at nine? And also, Corey, I want you to weigh in too as well from a player perspective. Why isn't Paris Johnson maybe a possible fit with the Chicago Bears right now? I think a couple of things. Like, if he's not, if he's not a fit, and we still don't know, I mean, they still might take him. But if if he's not a fit, I think it's experience. I mean, he's only played 13 games at left tackle. Another mm-hmm. thing, too, is that he did get a lot of help at left tackle at Ohio State, which is understandable. So you, you have to look at that and you have to take that into account with Paris Johnson Jr. That while he might have the most high-end talent out of that entire group, I mean, the Bears want to develop an offensive lineman because I think in part that's what they would be doing with with Paris Johnson Jr. And you look at a guy like Peter Skaronsky and there's been all the fuss over the arm size and all of that and where he would be. He's played four years at, at left tackle. In in you know in the Big Ten at Northwestern, I mean that that's pretty impressive. So um, I, that would be my guess as to why maybe you're not hearing the linkage as much to Paris Johnson Jr. or they've fallen in love with Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright um, or you know one of these other guys that are in the draft that we don't talk about as much. Yeah, Joey, I I think in my opinion, P- Peter Skaronski is the is day one ready. I mean, he's, like you said, he's played four years. He's the most technically sound offensive lineman coming out. He has the strength, the bend. Um, You look look at uh, two years ago when he played against Aiden Hutchinson, who was arguably the best defensive lineman uh, rookie to play last year, right? Completely locked him down. Uh, So the arm length, uh, I take that with a grain of salt sometimes. I've played against tackles that's arm length weren't the greatest, um, but they were really good offensive tackles. And I think Skaronsky is going to be a great uh, player. And I don't, I don't really like the the comparisons of moving him to inside or anything like that. I think he's a tackle, and I think he could play a long time in this league. I think he has what it takes. But yet and again, like teams get too bent out of shape about arm length and what your forty is. You can play football or you can't. The tape does not lie, right? Everybody's seen Skaronsky's tape. His tape is there. So in my opinion, I think he's the best guy coming out. But the Bears, they put such an emphasis when it comes to arm length. That's why I'm kind of. I'm kind of weary if they're going to draft him or not. Corey, real quick, you know, so who's in your power rankings right now? Skaronsky, I feel like, is number one. Who's oh, your yeah. number two, number three, number four? Is it Roderick Jones? Where does Paris Johnson fit on your power rankings for offensive linemen right now? Yeah, I, I, I agree with what Mark said about his ceiling being the highest, right? His athleticism is unreal. I mean, he's probably the most athletic tackle in this draft. So the, the ceiling is potentially there. But in my opinion, right? You, you want a guy that's going to be able to play day one, ready to go, right? And I think Peter Skaronsky is that guy. I think Broderick Jones is that guy, especially to play the potentially the right side if you feel good about Braxton Jones. And that makes me feel like earlier in free agency when they were trying to go after McGlinchey, 
at right tackle that made me feel like, okay, they feel pretty comfortable with Braxton Jones at the left side. So that's what makes me think that, oh, okay, maybe Broderick Jones could be a favorite because he could really play that right side as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but Paris Johnson would be my third tackle. I would have Skaronsky, uh, you know, uh, Broderick Jones, and then Paris Johnson at that point. Yeah, that's a great point, Corey, because as we saw with, you know, Ogunjobi the year previous, you know, when they try and target these guys in free agency and in both particular cases, it doesn't work out for the Chicago Bears. You can tell maybe that's going to be a priority heading into the draft. Uh, Mark, so kind of what I'm getting at is uh, I had to do a I had to do a guest hit on a, on a radio thing the other day and I had to do a mock draft and uh-huh. the mock draft goes down. Jalen Carter's gone. Skaronsky goes to the Falcons at eight and I'm sitting there and I go, oh, God, what do I do now? And I, I thought long and hard about it. And I'll be honest with you. I ended up taking Nolan Smith. Um, okay. So, I mean, I, I've seen also some clips from you two as well, you know, singing the praise a little bit of Nolan Smith. You know, would that shock you if the Chicago Bears went that direction? I mean, I just see a guy that can just be another big piece, another leader, a guy that gets to the quarterback, guy they're comping to Hassan Reddick. Um, you know, w- would, that shock, uh, would that shock Bears Nation if they took Nolan Smith at nine? I've kind of, I'm with you, man. I've kind of fallen in love with Nolan Smith. I mean, I heard there there was reports that he he visited Hallis Hall. I think David Kaplan had that, and so I was doing a little work and talking to some people about Nolan Smith. And one guy that I talked to, a uh, a former um, front office guy in the NFL, told me that the comp is, and th- and he said, listen, it's not a direct comp. You got to work to get there a little bit. But he said Micah Parsons. So, and, and, and he said, and he did, and, and again, he was very careful. It wasn't like, oh, this is the next Mike. It was like, if he gains a little weight, because he's a little bit, you know, light, um, this guy was a little bit worried that at the next level, that it's possible he would become a specialist at, you know, at the edge, as opposed to a guy who can stop the run as well, unless, unless he puts on about 15 pounds or so, then then he's probably every down in the NFL and could be a star. So there was a little bit of caveat, and that was size, but the speed is real. Um, you know, the ability is real. Everything is real except for the size. So I, I'm that's great you brought him up, man. Yeah, I, I like him too, but I think he's more of a fit in a 3-4, to be honest with you. I, I don't think mm. he has enough weight behind him to be a three-down end. Um, pass rush is, is there by far. Um, and then all of a sudden, if you put weight on him, is he going to have the same burst, right? Because this guy is a genetic freak and you put on 15 pounds, all of a sudden you slow that Maserati down. You don't want to do that now. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, who they go with, right? Whether, whether it's the offensive line, um, that people are talking about Jalen Carter still in the picture. Um, so it, it's really going to be interesting to see. In my opinion, I, I, I think I'd have to pass on him unless, you know, they were able to trade back into the end of the first round if he was available. But I think with that top 10 pick, you got to have a, a, a for sure thing. Yeah, I think Jalen Carter's talent is there. But in my opinion, I like Kalijah Kansi better for Pittsburgh, man. He is Hello. Aaron Donald 2.0. And I'll say it, I'm, I'm not I'm not Aaron on the side. No, he is Aaron Donald 2.0. And I think, I think people realize that. And a lot of people miss the mark with Aaron Donald because of his size. But he is an absolutely explosive uh, three technique. I mean, he does everything you, you need to do in that Tampa too. He would really flourish in this game. Yeah, Mark, provide your perspective on Kalijah Kansi. He's been a big name here on uh, on our show here for quite some time now. 
Yeah, I've been I've been liking Kalaja Kansi for a while, and that it's po- probably because I've given up the possibility of Jalen Carter, whether it's because of what he's gone through or just because he's not going to be available. So then you look at it, and yeah, it's it's hard not to kind of be seduced by Kalaja Kansi because of what Corey is saying and the comp to Aaron Donald. I know that people have said that he needs to get bigger as well, but I think he could be a destructive three technique. And quite frankly, you know, uh, I think if you're looking at nine, those might be the only two guys, Jalen Carter, Kalijah Kansi, and maybe, maybe uh, Wooten's guy at Northwestern uh, at a bar. But I know yeah. he's probably more suited on the edge though, Corey. I mean, it's, yeah, it's he's, he's, yeah he's, he's on the edge. And I think, I think, I think he there's a chance he might be towards the end of the first round. Um, but I think realistically he's he's second or third round. I think his combine really has elevated him. I think he's a talent, but when when you look at the tape of him, he flashes a lot, right? But he does he doesn't have that thing where you're like, okay, he's a he's a first round pick right there. He has all the talent and I think he can be a really great player in this league. But I think the combine, the senior bowl and all everything has has hyped him up a lot and he's really building momentum with that. And I think a team is going to take a chance on him in the first round. I, I, I really do, because I think the upside is there. Uh, but I think it'll be towards the end of the first round, in my opinion. 670, the scores. Bears insider Mark Grody here joining us with former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten. So, Mark, this is all kind of setting up now. I think one of the bigger questions and some of the things that I think Bears fans on Twitter love to hypothesize about is, are the Bears still open for business to trade the pick? So based on your perspective and your insight and who you've been talking to right now, where do you think that lands a little bit? Because we're starting to hear a little bit about some of the quarterbacks. Some of the teams are maybe a little lukewarm on the quarterbacks. Where does CJ Stroud now go all of a sudden if the Texans don't want him? Where does Will Levis go? Hendon Hooker, come on down. Uh, welcome to the party, possibly in the top half of the first round. Do you think all this talk benefits the Bears? And as we're talking about the guys that could be available at nine, would the Bears maybe be benef- benefiting themselves by moving back a couple spots? And justifying maybe a pick like a Kalaja Kansi with extra draft capital instead of going at nine. Yeah, I mean, I kind of trust Ryan Poles just based on what he did to the trade. I know not everybody loved was completely 100% in love with the, the trade down to nine and getting DJ Moore in the future picks and all of that. But I, I think that if Ryan Poles sees an opportunity, absolutely. I mean, that I think that's one of the themes of this draft is that there just aren't a lot. I mean, there's really... I don't know if there's anybody that you look at in this draft offense or defense and say, that's a generational player. That's a guy who I absolutely positively know is going to come in and be a great NFL player. I mean, we could definitely, you know, we could, we could surmise that about Jalen Carter. If we'd like, we could surmise that about Will Anderson, but you mentioned those quarterbacks and the Stroud thing. It's just amazing. I mean, I, I was at the the combine. I know you were too, Corey. And it was C.J. Stroud fever at this thing. Like C.J. Stroud essentially at the combine with his words and everything essentially took over the combine and was the number one pick for a long time. He had replaced Bryce Young. Now Bryce Young is back up there. Um, There's some people who think Anthony Richardson is the best quarterback in this draft. And now you start to hear people having a little more love for Will Levis. So I just think that this is a a problem with us just having there's just so much time in between, you know, like that we talk about the draft. And I love talking about yeah, the draft. I, but I, idle hands, right? Idle hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I am thinking about the draft every day. I love talking about the draft, but we are victims of it too, that as time goes on, we consider each and every single possibility and we we value guys. 
We overvalue guys. We undervalue guys all throughout this process. Yeah, Corey, I mean, we're, we're look, we, we're well documented, right? When we first started this conversation, you know, I, and I think you were very smart. You wanted to stay in the top five because as we're seeing right now, there is a top end talent and then there's a bit of a break, right? Between still great players, but a little bit of a different of a high end prospect talent. Yeah. You know, now we're at nine. Uh, can you stomach the Bears trading back even further, or, or you know, uh, what would that what would that take for you to kind of wrap your head around that and be cool with that? Yeah, I, I think if uh, if if the offensive lineman that they wanted is not available at that point, I could see potentially trading back, or if uh, you know another, another defensive lineman wasn't there at that point. But I th I think they're going to stay put at that pick. I, I think the nine is a good spot where there's you could you could fill a need, right? We have a lot of defensive line needs. We have one more at offensive line that we really need that we want to take care of is that tackle position. Um, so I think it's going to be on either side of the ball. I think really the the first, uh, the ninth overall pick, the second, the two second rounders, the third rounder, and the fourth. I think those are all going to be offensive defensive linemen. I really do because there's a lot of needs to fill on that side of the ball. We kind of took care of the wide receiver room. You know, offensive line needs one more, but I think they're pretty good on the secondary, in my opinion. But I think you really have to get the defensive line because there is a lot of needs. Walker, you know, was, is probably more of a rotational guy. Um, he can start if you need him. But I think they would like to have, a, you know, maybe a guy like from Notre Dame that I've been high on, Isaiah Foskey. I think he's a guy that can come in and, and be a starter day one. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of needs on that defensive line that they need. I think those ends are really going to, uh, you know, that second to third round, there's a lot of really good ends that are going to be uh, still available then. So, Corey, uh, it's cool. I want to follow up with you first on this one for uh, one of our final topics here with Mark Grody while we still have him. Um, in your opinion, then, I think Bears fans want to know, I mean, you know, if you say offensive and defensive linemen, I think that's great for the franchise, right? But also mm -hmm. on the very superficial level for Bears fans, that might seem a little bit like kind of a boring draft, right? Where they actually have to go in and learn a little bit about these guys. So in your opinion, though, do they take an offensive weapon in this draft? And if they do, is it running back, wide receiver, or tight end first, in your opinion? Which one do you think they're still trying to target? I honestly think all the weapons that they have right now, I think they're set for this year, in my opinion. I, I wouldn't touch it. I feel good about the wide receiver room. I feel good about Cole Komet, especially how he came alive last year, and especially how he'll continue to develop in the red zone. I feel good about the running back room. Um, I, I feel really good about that. For me, it's it's about solidifying that offensive line because, like I said earlier, you have to figure out everything you, you need from Justin Fields. I feel like they've surrounded him with the talent he needs. Now it's about getting getting that other tackle. So that way you have two good tackles you feel about. You have two good guards in Davis and Jenkins. Uh, Patrick can play the center position, um, and I feel really good about that offensive line and the weapons there, and I think it'll do a world of wonders with Justin Fields if they can get that last tackle there. Mark, what do you think? Uh, any offensive weapons off the board in this draft? And if so, from what position group will it be? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think they're okay at tight end with the signing of Robert Tunyon to go along with Cole Komet, who feels like he's still progressing. And I think he still needs to progress. I, I'm not as optimistic or as comfortable, I should say, as Corey with the wide receiver group. And I know that sounds ridiculous because they just got DJ Moore. Um, but you know, uh, uh, you know, Mooney missed a bunch of games last year. We still don't know, um, you know, about the the wide receiver. They get, why am I having a mental block here right now? Claypool, um, less, yeah, yeah, less Claypool, less Claypool. <laughs> <laughs> was a big Chase Claypool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slap, slap in the base. Um, oh, yeah, man, 
My name is Mud. It's something. Jerry, Jerry was a Jerry was a race car driver, Mark. Oh, as we, yeah. <laughs> Jerry was a race car driver. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, I just, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't think that there's a, it's complete yet. I think that yeah. you got two guys for sure. I mean, I, I do, I do trust DJ Moore. I do trust Darnell Mooney. I don't know about the rest of, you know, the equanimity of St. Brown is a nice piece. Uh, but beyond that, you know, it's still, it, it's still going to be a very productive group, but I wouldn't have a huge problem at wide receiver if they took a wide receiver in this draft on the offense. I mean, I agree with Corey that offensive and defensive lines are the most important part of this draft with a bullet, but if they end up with, uh, with Jackson Smith and Jigba or Quentin Richardson or Jordan Addison or something like that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to file a complaint, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the only reason I feel good about the wide receiver room right now, right, because I think about back when Allen Robinson was a member of the Bears, Darnell Mooney really had his breaking out season right there, right, yeah. when Allen Robinson had all the attention on him. Now that's DJ Moore, right? So now Dar we got Darnell Mooney and Claypool, right? Claypool was trying to be a number one when he was involved in the Bears. He's, he's clearly not a number one, right? He's a two or a three. So my thing is if, if Mooney and him could be that two and three, I think they could really complement each other. All that attention is not going to be on him. Everybody's going to be on DJ Moore. And he's he's played in that role as a number one. So he knows exactly what he needs to do. So that, that's why I feel comfortable about that. But I, I could see them potentially, um, you know, because after this season, uh, Mooney, Mooney and Claypool are free agents. So, you know, they, they could – Go going uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo because at, at that point you don't know what's going to happen with them. So I could see that from that standpoint. But as far as this season, I feel pretty good about them for, for that standpoint. Yeah, and it's interesting too that they they re-signed Dante Pettis yesterday. Yeah, they're bringing back EQ Brown, and those are guys who are are veterans who honestly, you know, didn't really shine on productive production wise on the football field last year. But those are guys that know the roles. And when they ask them to do something, they're happy to do it, right? And I think that's what a great reason to have a guy on the team. And when you bring in a rookie wide receiver, isn't that kind of a part of it, Corey? Of like, can you play special teams? Can, you know, are you are you going to be a willing blocker in the outside run zone scheme? You know what I mean, stuff yeah. like that. So if they do bring in a guy, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, how they're going to fit into that mixer. Whether they just hire draft a burner, right? A guy that just goes, give me a straight line, <laughs> and and maybe yeah. we can sneak past a couple of safeties and see if we can get you downfield. Mark, uh, final question for you. Corey, uh, if you want to weigh in on this one, right. I always want to bring something fun to the plate for you, Mark, because I always appreciate you having on, and I love your perspective. So uh, we're going to go general Chicago sports right now, and I'll okay. be honest with you, this sounds pie in the sky, but this is actually possible as it stands here today. So I will ask you, you know, what do you prefer? What would be your Chicago dream? You can only pick one of them. But here's the following options. In 12 months from now, would you rather have Victor Wembanyama a Chicago Bull, <laughs> Shohei Otani a Chicago Cub, Con Connor Bedard is a Chicago Blackhawk, oh, man. or Justin Fields is coming off a season when he finished top five in the MVP voting? Oh, my God. You have to do this for the good of Chicago. You are the new mayor of Chicago. What? All right, <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Victor Wembanyama. Is that the way it said? Wembanyama. Yeah. Yeah. I, because I think that I think that Justin Fields can still be good if he's sixth in the MVP voting. So it'll <laughs> be just fine. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be. I mean. I love the Blackhawks. When the Blackhawks were good, I was firmly on their band. Blackhawks are a blast when they're good. Yeah. So it'd be awesome if Connor Bedard ended up with the Blackhawks. But I'm going to – Bulls, Blackhawks, Bulls cancels out Blackhawks. 
Um, Shohei Otani to the Cubs. Man, the Cubs are gonna have a lot of money, so they can get they can get another Shohei Otani. So I'm I'm sticking I'm sticking strong with Victor Abanyawa. <laughs> I like that. I mean, Justin Fields, man. I'm about to okay. say Justin Fields, man. Yeah, I I think Chicago has waited so long to have their quarterback. I mean, not just Jay Cutler good to to have a really good quarterback that's efficient in these ways, but have that guy. That every year when, when you come to Chicago, you have to go through and you have to beat Justin Fields like Green Bay has had with Aaron Rodgers, right? How great would that be in the division? Justin Fields is what Aaron Rodgers has been in Green Bay, right? To, to really have that. The Bears have not had that. They've had a great defense. They have a great running backs, great positions here and there. But the quarterback, they've never had that superstar quarterback. And I think Justin Fields is it. And that's why I'm hoping they get that tackle for him. And then all of a sudden, maybe another wide receiver, like you said. And then all of a sudden, Justin Fields finishes top five in there. And then all of a sudden, all that momentum's building. Then we beef up some of that, some of that defensive line, you know, because we're not going to be able to piece together everything. Then we're going to beef up the defensive line. And then we have the offensive defensive line. We got the weapons. We got Justin Fields. And then all of a sudden, we're vying for a Super Bowl that next year. Just that easy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Sakura, so you're saying like when they run the Sunday night football graphic, they actually put our quarterback in the graphic and not like oh, Robbie Gold yeah. or Patrick Scales or like exactly. or Jalen Johnson or something like that. Yep. Yeah, I mean exactly. I, I honestly like I just want Justin Fields to be great. I'm with you though, Mark. You know, when Benyama would be interesting because that would that would awake. I mean, the Derrick Rose era was amazing, but twenty five years now we're removed from Michael Jordan's bowls. And to have a resurgent Bulls team that actually is competing for titles legitimately every single year, not, oh, maybe we'll see or anything like that would be that would be interesting. And Otani's tough because that's only one side of town. Right. And I couldn't come up with yeah. I couldn't come up with one for the White Sox. What, like Colson Montgomery's good? I don't know. Dylan Cease, uh, Young Award. Dylan C. Sign Young Award fires Scott Boris and then signs team friendly deal to stay with the Chicago White Sox. Maybe oh, that wow. would be the one. You didn't add him in there. I've been thinking about the White Sox. I see you, Joey. <laughs> yeah, well, we're trying. Double dip today. We'll see what happens. Mark Grody, we got to get you out here, man. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I know you're so busy right now. You can follow him at Mark Grody Sports over the next couple of weeks. He's going to have fantastic insight and perspectives with the NFL draft. Mark, be well, man. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thanks, Joey. Mark. Appreciate you, man. See you, Corey. Joey, always a pleasure. Take care, guys. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. So awesome having Mark on yeah, here. Yeah, uh, the best, man. He is the best. And you guys got a chance to hang out with Indy, in Indy, huh? Have a couple of we dinners. Did, we did. Yeah, exactly. Is that a St. Elmo's night? Is that what that is? No, we didn't go to St. Elmo's. We went to, like, the sports bar. But it was still, it's still a good time, man. You know, have a couple, a couple beers, you know, some burgers, some wings, you know. Break bread, man. I love it. Uh, a couple topics I wanted to hit you with, Corey. Uh, some general NFL stuff real quick. Just get a quick reaction on a few things uh, before I let you out of here. The big one today, uh, looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers are trading for Allen Robinson. Uh, wow. I don't know if you saw that, but the Los Angeles Rams have already paid $5 million on his deal. Okay. They're going to be paying a portion of the remaining $10 million to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers as long as he passes a physical. Mitch and A-Rob are reunited, my man. Um, yeah, what man. Is, what is your first blush thought on that? I mean, obviously, it's going to be Kenny Pickett, but uh, do you like the yeah. move for the Steelers? Do you like the move for Allen Robinson? Yeah, no, I, I like the move for him because I, I think he's looking to have that resurgence in his career, right? Because he's coming off a really bad year. Uh, same thing when he played for the Bears. So it's really two bad years that he's coming off of. So I know 
I know him as the competitor and what he can do. He 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 wants to ball out this year, you know, and, and I know him and Pickens will pair well together. And it'd be a good thing for Pickens as well to take the pressure off him because he was the go-to receiver last year. You have the young, uh, young uh, quarterback in there. So I think it I think it's a really good fit for him. And I, I wish him the best. And I think if if this could be that resurgence year, the comeback player of the year or something like that. Uh did they only give that when you're injured or or if you've had a slump and do they give that to you as well? Comeback yeah, that's wow. That's a great question. If you suck yeah. the previous year, are you then eligible yeah. for an award the following yeah. year? I know injury for sure. Um, okay, and that's a that's a really great question. I'm not sure, but Allen Robinson probably either way is qualifying yeah. for that one. Either way, um, I do like the move for Pittsburgh too as well, Corey. I I think in general, you know, you can play Deontay Johnson and maybe a little bit more in the slot. Maybe you can run him a mm. little bit more pre-snap motion, which I think is great. Yep. Great call with helping out Pickens. Um, not just take some of the glare away from on the field stuff, but I think Allen Robinson can really help the guy off the field. Yeah. If you all remember, George Pickens kind of fell in the draft because of some character uh, concerns that some of the scouts had heading into the draft. I think they can help continue to iron that out. And for a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett, Corey, that quick out route that Allen Robinson does, that little five to seven yarder and a third down, I mean, uh, that's going to be good for Kenny Pickett. I think that's going to work. You can't beat that. You can't beat that at all. And like I said, I think he's looking to have that that career resurgence, right, right in, in, in Pittsburgh. And I think it's a great place to play. You know, their fans are diehard. They're like Chicago. So I think he's just looking for a fresh start, right? He probably, he probably loved the L.A. social scene and all this stuff. But you go to Pittsburgh where you focus, maybe maybe on your off day, you go to Primanti Brothers. You're not going to nightclubs in L.A. Yeah. You're focused. You're focused. Steel curtain, baby, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Totally different culture there, uh, especially from the L.A. atmosphere. Uh, next one real quick. Uh, Jalen Hurts just got paid. Big time. Yeah. Uh, 250 something. Yeah, 179 guaranteed. Uh, more than Daniel Jones. Um, but just just your thoughts on uh, the Eagles buying in on Jalen Hurts. I mean, certainly he took his team to the Super Bowl as an MVP candidate. Yeah. Feels like he deserved it. I'm I'm glad, you know, because I was a little nervous that they weren't going to be able to work things out. But I mean, he is that engine that runs that offense. Obviously, they put together all the pieces of the puzzle to help him out. But what did what did he do this year? He played really well, even in the Super Bowl, with the exception of that one fumble. I mean, he really put the team on his back and. He is he is a rising star in this league, and and I told you, Jalen Hurts is is an amazing talent. What he was able to do last year is unbelievable. But I I truly think the ceiling for Justin Fields is is above that of Jalen Hurts. I I really do. I I really think he's a better passer when you look at it. You know, he's got to work on on some of the things on getting on the same page with the receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a better runner. I mean, his his playmaking ability is unreal. But once Chicago can model their team after Philly, because I think that's the goal, right? Great offensive line, great defensive line. You really control with that. Get another weapon. We got DJ Moore. They got AJ Brown. So if you can model that team after the Eagles, I really think they're going to set Justin Fields up to succeed in, in, in on this team. So I, I'm, I'm really excited for the future. Happy for Jalen Hurts. Uh, hopefully this will be Justin Fields in a year or two, uh, getting the same kind of bag. Well, way more, you know, because inflation and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's going to keep going. So now Patrick Mahomes is the sixth highest paid quarterback in the NFL after yeah. he signed that mega deal where everyone said, whoa, now that's now not even in the top five. Uh, my follow-up to that really quick, Corey, is I, I just like it because it feels like it's mutually beneficial for the Philadelphia Eagles and for Jalen Hurts, right? And more specifically from Jalen Hurts, and from you know the former player perspective, look, $179 million guaranteed is a ton of money, right? But he didn't go through a situation where he kept 
he was going to hold out or keep pushing for more, as you mentioned, wait for the market to continue to inflate. Is that something that players really do consider the situation maybe more than the bottom line? And, and, and how do you weigh that as a player saying, you know, man, if I take a couple million off the table, but if I stay in the situation that is right for me with the right coaching staff, the right system, that is better for my career than maybe the most amount of zeros on a check. I think especially when it comes to a quarterback, because the likelihood of, of like career ending injuries for quarterbacks is, is, is pretty slim. I know it's happened before, you know, mm-hmm. Joe Theismann had a really bad injury, uh, Alex Smith, you know, uh, but usually with the quarterbacks, they have one of the longest careers, especially if you're a starter, if you're that guy, they're going to invest all this money. So if you take a little bit less, you're going to get it back again when you renegotiate that contract. So as, as long as long as it's not an insulting number, um, you know, and I think that's the thing. I think guys are like, listen, I want to be the next paid. And sometimes, you know, like with, with Baltimore, that was the, that was the biggest thing between did Lamar Jackson and them work that out? I heard there was. No, so that was oh, my, my final question, man. As we okay. head in the NFL draft starting next Thursday, um, will Lamar have a new football team? And will Aaron Rodgers finally become a New York Jet? I mean, how do you think the machination of this works out? Or do you think this is all going to have to be post-draft ironed out? Because the Baltimore Ravens yeah, the Baltimore Ravens could take Hendon Hooker in the first round. And then we Here really we know what's going on. So my, my yeah. next question for you is, do we figure this out by next week? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I don't think so. I think it's going to be yeah. post draft. Um, you know, I think they're in a situation where it's it's at a standstill, right? Lamar feels he's worth this. They're kind of in between here. And my thing is like this: his his talent is undeniable. He's won an MVP there. Um, you've you basically drafted for this whole scheme of of how he runs the offense. So you put all the talent around him, run this scheme that fits a running quarterback. And then now you don't want to pay him what what he's worth. And people say, oh, he's injured in this. And I'm like, it w- wasn't any serious injuries. You know, it was kind of nagging things. And sometimes uh, players have nagging injuries. But but my thing is like this. I, I feel like he's he's been a consistent performer for you. P- pay him the money. It's, it's not about this. Like, honestly, if Derek Carr could get paid and be the highest, I think Lamar Jackson can. And that's no disrespect to Derek Carr at all. But I just think, you know, Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is a lot better quarterback for for what the Baltimore Ravens are doing to, than than Derek Carr. So I, I think I think you got to pay him. I'm hoping they could work it out because he's explosive. He makes their team better. Um, but at the same time, they're like, well, Tyler Huntley, Huntley was running the offense pretty good. So you know, it's it, it's always tough when when I, I guarantee you, if he didn't get hurt the way he did, um, it was kind of in and out. I guarantee you they they would have paid him hands down. But I think this year was. Uh, a little bit negatively impacted him. Well, yeah, and it's been a couple of years now where the story continues to repeat itself where he gets a little injured. They have to scramble for a month and a half, and then they're either barely making the playoffs or they're just getting – they're just falling a little short. And, and, Corey, to your point, do you think that's part of the reason why Lamar Jackson has opted to not have an agent? Can you wrap your head around that and provide maybe the, the casual fan a bit of a perspective of why – an athlete would go that route. Um, I mean, you know, maybe if I can, I mean, my only speculation would be maybe he has a dissatisfaction that he hasn't gotten the endorsements outside of football, that the agent maybe isn't working hard enough for him to get every allocate every dollar. Mm -hmm. But why would, why would an athlete go this route? I just don't get it. No, I I, I think it's so I've said this before. I think rookie contracts, you can negotiate that yourself, right? You have a, you hire a lawyer to look over your contract because everything is slotted, right? 
you know, mm-hmm. the the 10th yeah. pick, this is slotted, right? So there's 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 not much bargaining room at all. So it's that's easy. You don't need an agent for that first contract, especially if you're a first round second. Any draft pick, you don't need an agent for your for your first contract. But for your second, hands down, you need to because it's all about the negotiating. Those guys get paid uh, the big bucks for a reason. Drew Ho- Rosenhaus and company and all those all those big name agents, they get paid the big bucks for a reason because they negotiate for you. They're that middle party. You don't look like the bad guy. And I think the same thing with Roquan Smith, right? Why he's not a bear now is because he chose to represent himself. If he had an agent, Roquan Smith would still be on the team. And I think when you're negotiating with a GM, a head coach, the front office, and you're you're the main person interacting with them, stuff gets personal, people take it the wrong way. And then all of a sudden, instead of having your agent be that guy to talk back and forth, no, this is disrespectful. This is my client. You're still the good person over there. You're like, oh, that's Lamar. That's Roquan Smith. He All he did was put his head down and play free. He played a Pro Bowl level. He had this many tackles. Lamar had this many. And then you're, you're that, they're that, they're that uh, third party right there. So I, I just don't agree with it when when guys act as their own agents for their second or third contract. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and there's a difference between reading the fine print and the human interaction and relationships that you have. And those things are very real, which is why you have the agent that goes through the five print, fine print and also keeps you away from that human interaction so you can focus on your sport and trying to be as excellent as you can. While also, by the way, getting paid a lot of money too as well. Uh, Corey, um, we got to get out of here, man. Um, NFL Draft right around the corner, man. Um, great to see you. Great episode. Uh, take us home on another great show. Yeah, another great episode, man. We got the draft coming up next week. We've been waiting this for a while. We had free agency, some big acquisitions on the, on the uh, offensive line, wide receiver, got DJ Moore and Nate Davis. Um, so lo- looking forward to it, right? We really got to solidify this offensive defensive line in the draft. That's why I think the, the first four to five picks, I think are going to be offensive defensive line because you really got to solidify that. There's a lot of needs. And, uh, you know, we, we've kind of went through the free agency. We went through some trades and, and doesn't look like anything else is, is available that, that could suit the Bears. So uh, looking forward to it. So it's, it's going to be surprising, man. I think, I think it might be a pick that kind of catches everybody off, off guard, you know. Uh, and, and that's the beauty of it, right? You never know what's going to happen until draft day, right? Because this person picks this one in the first and the second. And then all of a sudden it messes up the whole order. And then, you know... <laughs> No, not, nothing is exactly like it's, it's like it's like March Madness, man. Nothing is as it is the first day. So um, just really looking forward to that. So hopefully the Bears address a lot of their needs. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have a podcast after breaking down uh, kind of the, the good, the bad, the ugly of, of the draft and, and what we need to improve on going forward. And how Kalaja Kansi is going to be a fit on the Chicago yeah. Bears for years oh, to come, even if they take him at number nine. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the episode. This is Bear Down with Joey Christopoulos and Corey Wooten. We'll be back next week. And today's episode of Believe in Bears is also presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, always bear down. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.